the bullies. Laugh in the face of danger. Fight for truth. Going where no conservative has gone before. It's time for the Kelly Truth Squad with William J. Kelly. The Truth Squad's Week in Review begins right now. Welcome to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And Maureen, um, thank you for being with us as always. The legendary Maureen O'Loughlin. Um, Maureen, please notify the affiliates that we are, are once again going to be uh, running over because uh, we've got way too much to talk about. Uh, Warner Todd Houston, uh, as always, is uh, is right here in the studio, uh, our social media director. How are you doing, Warner? I am here. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I'm doing better than you, though, Mr. Stuffy Nose. That's right. I, um, you know what? But we don't give up. We keep moving. And that, that really is the, the, the secret to success. You just keep moving. There are people who have uh, everything in the world handed to them on a silver platter, but they they complain and they and they ultimately fail and give up and and complain and complain and complain. But then there are people who, uh, no matter what happens, they just keep moving and they succeed. And and I know that you're one of those people, Warner. Well, I I wouldn't mind a silver platter or two. A silver platter. I, I mean, you know, working for everything can get a little tiring, don't you think? You know, you know, yes and no, yes and <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Well, but, it's it's more. You know, it's more satisfying, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, at least you know what's yours. That's right. And at least you can be proud of it. And uh, when other people just make, mock you and make fun of you, at least you know in your own heart that they're wrong. What do you know? <laughs> how, how many people are mocking you? <laughs> but, um, hey, you know what? With uh, PubliusForum.com and PrairieStateReporter.us, yep. I think that it, it's going to be very, very difficult for people to, uh, to, you know, they can't take that away from you, is, uh, to, to quote a famous song. That's true. Well, I suppose if I stop paying for the fees, they, they'll take it over. But, but, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yes, indeed. Well, we have another – we have a guy, a guest, a, a first-time guest to the show who I, I think probably agrees with uh, all of our, our feelings and sentiments about all of these issues. Uh, he uh, – I have a pretty good uh, – I can pretty much, uh, I guess, um, assume this because he is the chairman of the Sangamon County Republicans. His name is Tony Libri. Tony, are you there? I am, sir. How are you doing, brother? I am well. What an honor to be on the show. Oh, it's, a, it's an honor to have you. And um, now tell us, uh, for our listeners, a little bit about Sangamon County, because guess what? We're going to bring the Truth Squad on the road to Sangamon County uh, for a big event that you've got coming up. So, uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about Sangamon County so people I, know I what they're be, looking forward to. I'd be happy to, and I'm tickled to death to hear that you're going to come down. Uh, first of all, Sangamon County is uh, the county that uh, contains the city of Springfield, the capital city. Yes. Uh, it's close to, uh, uh, it's about 190,000 population, but we are about as Republican a county and conservative a county as you're going to find in the great state of Illinois. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're the 10th largest county in the state, but we have the fourth largest Republican voting bloc in the state. So that's pretty wow. impressive. Well, yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's a, a testimony to you, Tony. Uh, well, that, uh, yeah. to the great people, let's say that. Yes, indeed. Now, for, for those of you listeners here in the Chicagoland area, yes, Springfield is a little bit south of I-80. <laughs> that's the problem we yeah. don't know that anybody in chicago knows where we are but just, we just, are yeah i'm just trying to help out there <laughs> well and and i tell you what we uh we, we love our conservative brothers and sisters up there but uh we're making it happen down here I, we, we truly are uh we we are a powerhouse because we work together and uh like you we truly and honestly believe in what we're doing and we believe that it's the right thing to do. So uh, people are joining our organization every day. 
because they they believe in what we're doing, and uh, and and I think uh, you're doing a great job convincing people up north. That's what they need to do there. Yes, indeed. And uh, I've always enjoyed coming to Springfield. Uh, you know, you really feel the history in the air when you're in Springfield, Illinois. I, I got an opportunity to pay multiple visits to Springfield when I was running for uh, statewide office as a Republican right. candidate for Illinois Comptroller, and the state capitol building. Um, I have to say, is absolutely beautiful. It is so historic and ornate, and all the portraits of all the great uh, leaders that came before and made if their people from uh, If people from uh, the northern uh, area of our, our state would come to this area, I think they would be super impressed. Now, we don't have uh, some of the amenity, uh, many of the amenities you do up there, but I'm telling you, for a weekend getaway, Springfield is the ultimate place. Uh, we, we've got a lot of history here, the the Lincoln Museum, the Lincoln Library, as yes. well as we're the home of Rachel Lindsay. Uh, we, we've, I mean, we've got so many historic things to see, but at night, uh, the lights come on downtown, and all the young people are, I mean, we, we they go bar hopping like you wouldn't believe <laughs> down here, and we have some of the best food you'll ever have in your life down here, so please invite people to come down. I, you know, I, well, that's exactly what we're going to do uh, for your Lincoln lunch. And what is what is the date of that lunch? Well, we we call it a Lincoln Day luncheon because we are the oldest continuous celebration celebrating the uh, Lincoln uh, heritage because we're the home of Abraham Lincoln, but we're also the home of the Republican Party. So this is the 108th consecutive year that we've had this celebration. And we normally do it at lunchtime, but this year, because we have a special guest, who could only make it on uh, the Friday night before Lincoln's birthday, uh, we're going to have a Lincoln Day dinner this year. Ah. But, but we are pleased to say that on Friday night, February 10th, uh, at uh, six, 6 o'clock sharp, we are going to have Ted Nugent as our, as our main speaker, and I think the place is going to be on fire. Oh, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, he uh, he always stirs up the passions on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> now I'm wondering, you know, you, you you say this has been going on for 108 years. Was Ron Paul uh, your first speaker? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, he was not. Where's my rim just, shot? <laughs> we need a rim shot. But a bing. No, but I think I'd like you guys. I wish you we could get you down here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we will be there on the 10th for sure, for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the amazing thing is when you are in Springfield, especially when you go uh, by the old state capitol building, which is still standing, and you can actually uh, take a tour of that, uh, that structure and, and go right into the rooms where Abraham Lincoln practiced law and, and, um, and was able to somehow uh, make a living and, and learn all the, you know, learn the ways of, of politics and you, you really do feel his presence in that building. There's no oh, doubt about it. Oh, you surely do. And, and don't forget, he uh, his home was here, which is an excellent tour to take. Uh, his law office is here and, and many other Lincoln-related items. But, uh, you know, I'm a conservative guy. And, and you actually get an understanding of how the Republican and, – and, and some people are offended when I say conservative and Republican in the same – uh, sentence, but I, I mean that in a positive way because we're, we're the home of that here, and you actually do pick up a sense of what it really means to be a Republican conservative sure. because this is the birthplace of it right here. 
Absolutely. Making Vidalia, Illinois jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I'll tell you, if you will come down to see Ted Nugent, I will see to it uh, that I buy you a prime rib dinner. I would love to have you here, and no. I would love for your listeners to be able to experience it at least through uh, your eyes. Now we're all coming down. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll explain the Vidalia thing. Uh, Vidalia was our first state capital. It's all the way down that's the correct. bottom of the state. Uh, there is a small state house that was built there, but that's why I say Vidalia is jealous. But, but you know what? That's like a kiss on the forehead. So. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. Tell me more about the prime rib dinner. <laughs> well, it's uh, <laughs> well, and it's usually. I mean, it's quite quite a dinner, and it's uh, our tickets are a hundred dollars, and that gets you the prime rib dinner, and of course, uh, uh, that's probably a thirty-five to forty-five minute uh, uh, talk uh, by Ted Nugent, and we're going to do a question and answer period after that. So it's going to be just an absolute fun evening. Yes. Uh, and but the beautiful thing is, if you come Friday afternoon and plan on staying all night, I guarantee you, after Ted Nugent's uh, done. We'll show you a great time downtown, and you can see all the sights on Saturday and still be home by Saturday night. Wow, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I, you, you are, you're a great salesman. I can definitely see <laughs> why you have the success that you do. Um, you had me, you know, you had me at Lincoln, uh, you know, Lincoln's birthday uh, celebration. But, um, but uh, you know, be having an opportunity to, to, you know, to see Ted Nugent uh-huh. in person. And, um and the prime prime rib dinner, boy, I, you you must have done some research on me because that was definitely uh, that that was definitely the uh, the icing on the cake. Well, we figured with Nugent here, we better have some hefty beef on the on the plate. So <laughs> there you go, or some moose or deer or something. Something like that. And by the way, we're also having a private reception for those that want to attend. Uh, there is a nominal fee for that where, you you know, there's a photo op and you get autographs and those kinds of things. But, uh, I, again, I guarantee just a, just a pleasant night where uh, everyone who, who who's the, the least bit interested in coming, I promise, will have a fantastic time. Well, Tony, thank you. We're definitely looking forward to seeing you on the 10th. We'll get all the details up at kellytruthsquad.com. And um, I'm absolutely, uh, I, I'm uh, 100% there. Thank you, brother. Uh, looking forward to it, brother. Thank you. Okay, take care. Never fear. William J. Kelly is here. More with the Kelly Truth Squad after this. This is William J. Kelly. Now that the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned the Chicago handgun ban, it's time to get ready. Chicagoans are now finally able to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their families. And it's about time. All you have to do is complete a Chicago certification course at Illinois Gunworks. And that is the only place you need to go. It's easy. I just did it myself. Illinois Gunworks offers the Chicago certification course and a bunch of other training courses with the best experts in town. State certified instructors. The kind of people you want training you. You could spend the whole day at Illinois Gunworks. They carry most brands and can special order any kind you'd like. Just call Illinois Gunworks at 773-889-1114 or visit IllinoisGunworks.com. Illinois Gunworks is located at 7229 West Grand Avenue in Elmwood Park. Make Illinois Gunworks your first stop today. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad, and uh, I am William Kelly, and uh, joined with Warner Todd Houston. He, uh, Warner uh, just got uh, uh, promoted, or a, a new title, a new, a, new, uh, a new job. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be uh, uh, 
This is really a funny. real I'm boy. Be a real journalist. You're a yeah, real boy real, now. I'm going to be a real journalist. I got hired by a, a local newspaper in the suburbs. So. Very nice. I'm not going to say which one yet because uh, I haven't really started yet. So Got it. Okay. Uh, I totally but, but get it. It's just funny because all these years I've been railing against the old media. I, now uh -huh. I are one. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny um, if you... Uh, yeah, it's like uh, what, what is that children's uh, book, the the Disney cartoon about the the the, the wooden Pinocchio, who yep, yep. who uh, if you if you tell if you tell the truth and and, and, and you're selfless um, and courageous, then you can be a real boy. And and now you are a real journalist because you've you've personified all of those things too. You know the, those cartoons. The, the weird thing about them is that is how incredibly accurate they are. Wouldn't you say? Well, I've never really met a wooden bullet. Yeah. So I don't know about accurate, but I understand the sentiment. Yes. Yes, indeed. And well, um, Bill, you're a fan of the uh, the original text, the Carlos uh, Kalani book, uh, Pinocchio. Of course. Right? Of right. course. Yes, indeed. You, you can quote the book. From a previous life. Carlos um, Kalani. That sounds more like a tropical drink. I think I had one of those. <laughs> you know, I could uh, I could actually use a couple of those right now as a matter of fact. Give me a Kalani. I'm ordering. <laughs> um, uh, it's got to be a rum drink with some fruit, which um, yeah, an umbrella. It, it's very healthy and and, you know, you don't have to feel guilty about that. Um, and after, after, you know, maybe two or three too many, um, you, you won't feel anything. But, I think um, our listeners are noticing a trend. Every show is about alcohol at some point. Is that right? I think it's your fault. Huh. You know, I, I would never bring it up. I, pick, I picked the wrong day to stop drinking, let me tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, alcohol is a very, very interesting subject because it does affect you mentally. Your your uh, your your mental uh, cogniz cog uh, you know cognitive abilities. I could quit any time. Yeah, and um, now here, obviously, I'm struggling with a little bit of a cold. Is vodka good for a cold or bad for a cold? In your opinion? Well, they drink it in Russia where it's cold, so yeah, <laughs> I would have to say it is. There you go. And uh, the truth of the matter is that you know vodka is alcohol and it kills germs. I mean, you would think that it would it would uh, it would help to expedite the uh, the healing process. Vodka, orange juice, water, it's all vitamin C. It's, um, you you want to be hydrated because when you're coughing and, and blowing your nose, my God, you're, you're going to be dehydrated faster than if you ran up uh, all four presidential towers. It's going to be, it's going to, you could potentially find yourself in a state of uh, uh, dehydration. That makes me tired just thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 to be perfectly honest with you, I, I'm looking forward to it. And um, I'm uh, definitely going to participate in that, uh, that stair climb. Um, and I'm going to find out more and share that with our listeners. Yeah, we'll you know, talk about that later. You know what, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you, know, you, know what I'm you know what is so great about the show is that we've got multiple ways for people to participate with the show. Uh, obviously, they can listen to it. You know, they can listen to the podcast, kellytruthsquad.com. But they can also come out to our events. If you go to kellytruthsquad.com and you click on the calendar page, we have the Not Just Talk events. And almost every day of the week, you know, there's a different event, and there are special events. Um, you know, the charity events, the galas. Uh, and um, I'm just a little concerned that I'm signing up for all these, um, these charity walks and runs and, and climbs. And um, I'm, Maureen, do you happen to know offhand, is the Shamrock Shuffle before or after the, uh, the presidential uh, tower climb? I'm not quite sure, but I think it's after. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, then you've got some training to do. I've got some massive training you're, to do. Because you're going to be in trouble if you don't train. Because as it stands right now, if I were to try and climb the even one presidential tower, I would not be running any 5Ks for, for weeks to come. 
especially when you consider that I've never actually run a 5K. Yeah, I mean the boot camp. Uh, I think there's a, a boot camp <laughs> coming up for uh, one of the for the Lung Association uh, climb. And if there, if uh, the boot camp is on the last boot camp is on the sixth, and the Shamrock Shuffle that you'd be participating wow. in would be after that, you might th- you might be running up a bunch of sta- thousands of stairs and then <laughs> trying to sh- do the shuffle. So I don't know how that's going to work. Is there out. a way that we could do the show, like like Skype the show or do some kind of vlog while I'm, while I'm running up those stairs? Because we want to. I want to keep the 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 fans the. The, the listeners, the... It sounds like a suicide mission, honestly. Yeah, that would be a problem. I don't think you're going to be able to make it to begin with, not munching blog or vlog while you're doing it. Sure. You should concentrate on actually getting through it. Yes, I, I totally agree. Well, I'll host the show from the bar ah. while you're doing all that running around, so, you know. There you go. We, we do have some, obviously, some big political, uh, a big political story uh, the, this week. The, uh, the, the uh, presidential... Uh, primary in Florida, right? Big so, stuff. Um, I know that uh, will there it be Newt? Will it be Mint? Will it be Rick Santorum or Ron? Get off my lawn, Paul. <laughs> there was um, a, there was obviously a, a big debate right there in uh, in Florida, and Mitt Romney said something that I found to be quite uh, surprising. Um, do you, do we have that clip? Uh, yeah, let me try to find it. Okay. Um, he didn't seem to know what was in his own commercial. Yeah, how do you like that? Go ahead and uh, play it. When the, when rhetoric, the rhetoric on immigration, Governor, has been intense, as you well know, as all four of you know, and anyone who watches television knows. You've had an ad running saying that uh, Speaker Gingrich called Spanish, quote, the language of the ghetto. What do you mean by that? Uh, I haven't seen the ad, so I'm sorry I don't get to see all the, uh, the TV ads. Uh, I don't know. what he, did, he, did he say that? Did you no, say what that? I said was we want everybody to learn English because we don't want, and I didn't use the word Spanish, we do not want anyone trapped in a situation where they cannot get a commercial job, they cannot rise, and virtually every parent of every ethnic group, and by the way, there are 94 languages spoken at, in the Miami-Dade College, 94 languages. And that's why I think English should be the official language of government, and that's why I think every young American should learn English. And my point was, no one should be trapped in a linguistic situation where they can't go out and get a job, and they can't go out and work. So I would say, as much as Governor Romney doesn't particularly like my use of language, I found his use of language and his deliberate distortion equally offensive. Wow. Uh, uh, But stand by for that. We did double-check just now, Governor, that ad that we talked about uh, where I quoted you as saying that Speaker Gingrich called Spanish the language of the ghetto. We just double-checked. It was one of your ads. It's running here in Florida on on the radio. And at the end, you say, I'm Mitt Romney, and I approved this ad. So it it is is here. Let me ask you a question. I'm Mitt Romney, and I haven't listened to this ad. (laughs) Wow. Now, I mean, can you imagine, um, I, I can't imagine as a former candidate myself, having any message go out that I did not uh, somehow personally craft, if not, you know, certainly approve. Yeah, what do you think happened there? I mean, that's really, that's really out of bounds. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's not paying attention to what, what's going on, on in his own, he's, he's, you know, he's like a, like a typical CEO type of person. He's saying, okay, you guys handle that, I'm off over here. Wow. But you can't do that when you're a candidate. you got to know everything. But, you know, I mean, let's, let's face facts. We can go right back to one of the other candidates on that stage, Ron Paul, who for years had racist newsletters month in and month out, and he's claimed, oh, I never knew what was in them. Come on, who believes that? And how can he not be held accountable for it? Mm. You know, I mean, we have to hold Ron
Ron Paul accountable for his racist newsletters as much as we held uh, Obama accountable for sitting in front of a racist preacher for a dozen years, right? <laughs> well, are you being ironic now? No. Because, I mean, you know, some people would say that uh, Obama was not held accountable for that. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, as ah. conservatives, held oh, accountable I see. for it. Okay. So as conservatives, how can we let Ron Paul off right. after having, you know, sure. uh, held, tried to hold uh, Obama accountable uh, for, for uh, actions of people surrounding him? Now, what, what was the situation with, that, uh, with the Ron Paul uh, newsletters? Were these written while he was in government or while? Yes. Well, some of them were written when he was in his first term as, in Congress. Uh, for those of you unaware, he was in Congress for a time, was out for a while, and then huh. ran again. And in that interim time period, uh, at the end of, of that term, that first time he was in Congress, and by the time he got into Congress a second time, uh, he had all these newsletters, these financial newsletters and interest uh, newsletters, uh, gold you know, newsletters, things like that. Uh, uh, and, and they were written by a staff of people that, that uh, could be considered quite racist. Uh, you know, now, quite it's, inter it's interesting that he had a staff of people like that mm -hmm. because um, – he he's always um, like most candidates. If you think about it, um, they you know they might have a campaign manager or a media uh, director or something like this, um, but they don't really have a staff, especially when they're out of office. Right. You know, it's like a government. Well, he was making money off of these things. That's what oh. Happened. So it was income for. Well, it's interesting that he was trying to make money off these things when he's also a doctor. You would yeah. think that almost he, a million dollars they claim. That's very, very interesting. You know what? I, you, um, you obviously know more about this than, uh, than the mainstream media. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, we're going to be back uh, with more Kelly Truth Squad. And if you want to find out about all of our events, the, our uh, Talk of the Town events, and not just talk events, where you can actually get out and participate, it's all right there on the calendar at kellytruthsquad.com. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. This is Maureen O'Laughlin, producer of the Kelly Truth Squad, and I'm here to tell you about KellyTruthSquad.com's Not Just Talk events. Fearless reporter and political commentator William J. Kelly has been on the front lines of taxpayer activism for more than 20 years. From Rahm Emanuel to Dick Durbin, Bobby Rush, and Bill Clinton, he has stood up for the taxpayers when no one else has. But he doesn't just report on corruption. He confronts bad politicians head-on. He has walked the walk, not just talked the talk. And his events are not just talk either. If you want to be part of where the action is, if you want to be part of the best political events, insider receptions, and parties, meet national political leaders, share your opinion, and have your voice be heard. Subscribe today at kellytruesquad.com. At kellytruesquad.com, you'll get all the latest news events and charity features and cutting-edge political video. You won't want to miss a thing. So sign up now at kellytruesquad.com and get your daily dose of William J. Kelly. The Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad Week in Review. We don't need Don Williams. We don't need Michael Medved. We don't need Charles Krauthammer. Charles Krauthammer. <laughs> you like you, saying that, huh? Charles Krauthammer. <laughs> I, I just had like a weird uh, image in my head of like a chef, uh, like a violent chef. You know, Charles <laughs> Krauthammer. Um, you know, I mean, it's like a new reality cooking show where, uh, where uh, you know, uh, he has to uh, 
every week come up with a new uh, a new souffle using nothing but sauerkraut and and, and a hammer. It's crowd hammer time. <laughs> it's crowd hammer. <laughs> You know, and then you know, and you know, they could have like that, uh, you know, um, you know, the Hammer Time theme, you know, Kraut Hammer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm just I'm just thinking like a TV producer now. I'm, uh, you know, well, I think you, that, you better not act like uh, Joe Biden and say, uh, Charles, please stand up and introduce yourself. Ah, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Kraut Hammer is in a wheelchair, and uh, Joe Biden one time went to an event where he, he told the host that brought him in to be to do the speech. To stand up and introduce himself to everyone and that guy was in a wheelchair too oh, good old yeah. joe size seven and a half uh, you know foot in his mouth every time he opens his mouth and that guy's supposed to be more intelligent than uh, sarah palin yeah wasn't <laughs> that it wasn't yeah, that the big that. yeah well, exactly have, have they just revealed themselves right <laughs> you know? well heck he just did a speech just recently where uh, <laughs> this guy what is wrong with him he goes up as, as the vice president of the united states and does a fake indian accent in a speech, you know, or thank you for being here. You know, I, what what are you doing, what, Joe? You're what, vice president. Was he speaking to an Indian audience? I think he was talking about India. Was he trying uh, to be funny? <laughs> it's Joe Biden. Who knows? Who knows what he was trying to is do? He be, is he being criticized as being racist or not? That, well, of course not. A, not. He's a Democrat. Democrats yeah. can't be racist. They, yeah. <laughs> so no calls about how inappropriate that of course was. Not. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, but, but, it's totally so impossible for a Democrat calling for to him to apologize. Nothing like that. No. But but you know, worse yet, it, it's just so stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I mean, he, he made the comment uh, uh, when he was running, trying to run against Obama as president about uh, uh, Pakistanis and Indians running 7-Elevens and whatnot. So, I mean, the guy's just a goofball. Well, he, he was known as the joke of the Senate when he was a senator. Uh, I've spoken to senators on the QT, you know, on the side, and they all go, look at me and go, yeah, we, we thought he was just a joke. He uh -huh. was a funny guy, just a goofball. Uh -huh. No one took him seriously in the Senate. Nobody. <laughs> wow. How about that? Do we have a, uh, you mentioned Sarah Palin. Do we have a Sarah Palin clip from uh, uh, earlier this week. Let's uh, see what Sarah has to say about Newt. And hire more people is absolutely spot on. He's not the only one vilified, though. Look at Newt Gingrich, what's going on to, uh, with him via the establishment's attacks. They're trying to crucify this man and rewrite history, rewrite what it is that he has stood for all these years. So it's not just Ron Paul. I believe it's also Newt Gingrich that the establishment, that the liberal media, certainly that the progressives and Democrats don't like. Well, Peggy Noonan, who I respect, called uh, Newt the little attack muffin, something like that. Yeah, you know, they maybe subscribe such a characterization of Newt uh, via words like that, but they don't subscribe those to, say, Mitt Romney when he or his surrogates do the same thing. That's that typical hypocrisy stuff in the media that, you know, I've lived with uh, over a couple of decades in, in the political arena, so I'm used to it. But in order to help educate the rest of the American public, I'll articulate that, that it is hypocritical of the media to subscribe to one candidate and not another, that kind of angry attack muffin uh, verbiage to one and not the other. You know, that, that's so interesting. Attack muffin verbiage. I don't think <laughs> you'll ever hear that phrase again. Yeah. And, and you know, was there ever a time in human uh, you know, political history, I mean, like, was Winston Churchill ever referred to as an attack muffin? 
You know, you know it's, it, I would imagine, you know, maybe, oh, well, what am I talking about? I'm sure that they made fun of him for his weight or his cigar. Well, Peggy's a very colorful writer, though. I actually got to give her kudos for coming up with a tack muffin. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just purely for I'm not sure what an attack muffin is. Yeah, it's a very angry muffin. I it's, suppose. It's, it's a, a muffin <laughs> that attacks people, although I've never seen a muffin attack anybody. I, 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 don't see, I don't see how a muffin could actually uh, harm a, a human being. You know what I mean? I don't know. My sister used to bake muffins. That <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it depends on the kind of muffin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, it, it is interesting the way the media is treating Newt. And here's a guy who has more lives than, you know, than an Egyptian pharaoh. I mean, they, Yeah. I mean, this is a guy. It's one thing for a politician to be pronounced dead and then to come back. But this guy is pronounced dead every other day. And, and he comes back. And to a certain extent... I think that in and of itself qualifies him to be president because how many people um, would have that kind of fortitude to just keep persevering, which is, I think, really the quality that we need, the example that we need in this country today. Yeah, I, it is amazing how, how many times he's able to, to come back, rise up. From, right. Uh, well, I mean, remember when he went on that cruise early in the campaign? Yes. He and his wife went on a cruise. His entire staff quit. His, uh-huh. enti- his entire presidential uh, uh, campaign staff quits because they're saying, oh, he's not serious about running for president. And only months later, now he's on top. He's one of the guys that people think might become the nominee. Right. And, and it can How do you only, come back from that? Yeah, I, I think it can only be the experience of being in this game and knowing that you're never really dead until you're dead. You know what I mean? That you can always come back if you've got the guts and you've got – the audacity, I guess, uh, to just keep coming back. Yeah. You're never really dead till you're Rick Perry. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I wonder what Rick Perry's thinking, like sitting at home watching these debates. Yeah, uh, is he like, you know, you know what he could do right now? He could make some crazy endorsement deals. I think he probably in this last one said, "There's three candidates that I wouldn't vote for." There's, oh, wait a minute, it was it, who was it again? It was, yeah. You know, just think of the endorsement deals that he could do, like you know, like Denny's. Oh, yeah. You know, there are three things that I want. I want, you know, <laughs> I right. want, he can, I want. He the, can make fun of this thing for yeah. the rest of his life and make money off it, a la yeah. William Shatner, making there you fun go. of himself all these years. I want uh, pancakes. I want uh, scrambled eggs. And I can't and, remember the third. Thing. Uh, I can't remember the third <laughs> thing. Well, that's okay, Ms. Governor Perry, because we've got everything that yeah. you could possibly want. We've got bacon. We've got sausage. Well, and he, he may he may need to be doing that soon because apparently his uh, approval rating now down in Texas is bottomed out to the floor. Uh, he's having uh, uh, the lowest rating approval rating in office that he's ever had. Wow. Uh, coming off of this horrible campaign of his. Huh. Was he, and he was, he was really. He was, was very popular. He was very popular. Yes. So he could, but he could bounce back. Oh, yeah. See, he has three more years to his term down there. So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, he has plenty of time. He just to, embarrassed Texas is really yeah, what it comes yeah, down to. <laughs> yeah. Now, and that is a very, very, very weird um, I guess you could say phenomenon. Um, when you're a candidate, you could be a very personable person. You could have a great mm-hmm. sense of humor. But once you're a candidate, you're so, you feel that you're under such a microscope and so much scrutiny. You feel that people are judging you. You feel the weight of all of their hopes and expectations. And it actually robs you of the, the qualities that made you great to begin with. Your it pers- can, if, your, you, if you don't know how to handle it. If you don't know how, how to handle it. If you yeah. don't know how to be that front man, to have that, um, you know, that personality, to, uh, you know, to be able to bounce back, to give and the take, 
And, um, you know, I, I, you know I, I guess to a certain extent, that's what I see. Um, I, I, I see that quality in Newt. I don't see Mitt Romney being able to duck and weave. If, uh, if no, definitely not. If he's he seems off, very yeah. brittle sometimes up on that stage. When people are attacking him, uh, he, he seems to, to get this uh, uh, stymied look in his face, like he doesn't know where to go with right. it. Uh, a couple of times he's come back, like, for instance, last night he, he mounted a good-spirited debate or uh, retort a couple of times, but uh-huh. often he just has this face like, oh, I can't believe you're saying that about me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in this, it. yes, in this day like and a age. Muppet character. Like something yeah, out of the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in this day and age, you better be ready to respond to anybody who has something to say to you. Well, and if he can't, if he can't respond effectively, how's he going to do that when Obama comes up against him in a debate? Right. Obama's going to cremate the guy if, right. if, if he can't respond to right. kind. Yeah. I mean, there's a time when, uh, you know, there was a time when political leaders were in such a bubble that they never really had to worry about anybody asking them a question or putting them on the spot. Um, but, uh, but those days are long gone. Apparently. And, um, and, if, uh, and Newt seems to be the only guy who can roll with it uh, that on the Republican side. I don't know. See, if Newt actually succeeds and gets the nomination, though, will he have the money to be able to mount the challenge to Obama? Well, once again, that that kind of brings up the infinite uh, versatility of Newt. He's a guy who can go out and recreate and uh, regenerate himself. And you know what? I know why. And I'll, I'll tell you the secret when we come back with more Truth Squad after this. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. This is President Barack Obama. You have reached the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, please leave a message, and William J. Kelly will be happy to return your call tomorrow. The Kelly Truth Squad, only on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And, um, you know, I, I have to say that I do, I, I, I'm, I want to believe Newt, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to believe this guy. Um, I admire the, his tenacity. I admire the fact that he has obviously devoted his life to politics. I admire the fact that he goes into every issue and has uh, a big idea uh, associated with it. It's amazing, um, too. Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, an entire length and breadth of history about whatever they're talking about right, right at his fingertips, yes. so right off the top of his head. Yes. And, and uh, right away, you know, he automatically takes control of the debate. He's now framing the debate and other people are, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, playing trivial pursuit at his table. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that Newt can name, uh, you know, when they asked him to name some prominent Hispanics that would be part of his cabinet. And he was able to rattle off people all over the country that he's met with. And, and um, whereas, uh, you know, some of the other candidates were like, um, uh, Marco Rubio, am I pronouncing that correctly? You know? <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, so, um, you know, it was interesting that, you know, Newt obviously has done the work. You know, he's well, done yeah, the work necessary. Well, and, and, and like I said, he's just got all this information right off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. But sometimes his big ideas have gotten him in trouble. Sure. Uh, and this whole moon thing really sort of 
Sorry if it was one of those. I mean, you know, one of Mitt's uh, points was, you know, we're, we're, we're having an economic meltdown here in this country. Right. And Newt wants to spend billions to send us to the moon. That's kind of crazy. But, right. uh, you know, I, I, but, you know, like you said, uh, these, these are big ideas, and, and maybe it is time to think big ideas. Yeah, and, and, and I think Newt's answer to that was actually quite good mm-hmm. when he, essentially what he said, and we'll go to the clip in a second here, but, but uh, what, essentially what he said was, hey, look, Okay, this is really not about going to the moon per se. It's about inspiring a whole new generation of people right. to to get uh, to get into math and science. This is about you know when Kennedy said we're going to go to the moon. You know, first of all, nobody had ever been on the moon before, so God only knows how 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 you know that was received. Um, I think it was probably received well, but um, but you know what what that ended up doing was inspiring an entire generation of people to really apply themselves to trying to solve the problems that would right. allow us to get to the moon. And, and then all the other innovations and all the other And great it launched a conspiracy industry that says we only did it on a soundstage in uh, Los Angeles. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got that whole economy rolling. Yes. <laughs> you see? Can't underestimate small business entrepreneurs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just imagine, you know, the, the, the next big conspiracy theorist is out there with the Newt, uh, Newt on the moon, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, book. Um, but uh, Newt is from, uh, from, you know, from the moon. You know, maybe that would be. Well, you know, I, you know why he why he was doing all that he was he was i mean florida has a big nasa ah. community down there so Boom. he was appealing directly to the voters with Very that exactly. okay warner he would not have been doing that if uh, if this debate was happening in north dakota or nevada you know, <laughs> he, he was targeting uh uh, he was targeting right. voters. That's very smart. You're yeah. right. Yes, You're indeed. right. You're Warner, right. once again, the Warner, the uh, the uh, our 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 resident Newt Gingrich. He's like he's like our he's like Warner's like our Newt Gingrich. I'll tell you what, my stomach's getting about as big as his. <laughs> <laughs> you would, yeah. But, so, uh, you, so it's it's the Florida community. It's the NASA community. It's science uh, science geeks. It's uh, it's engineers. I mean, it's it's actually beyond Florida too. When you think about it, it's all those people who are into space and engineering and that's their that's their business that's their occupation that's their that's their passion so you're speaking beyond florida too in a way right here let's go to the clip twice recently governor romney has made fun of me for having bold ideas in space and has suggested and has suggested that you know the idea of going of a permanent lunar colony um he actually didn't catch the the weirdest thing i've ever done i'm going to tell you all because sooner or later his researchers will find it At one point early in my career, I introduced the Northwest Ordinance for Space. And I said when we got, I think the number is 13,000. When we have 13,000 Americans living on the moon, they can petition to become a state. (laughs) And here's the difference between romantics and so-called practical people. I wanted every young American to say to themselves, I could be one of those 13,000. I could be a pioneer. I need to study science and math and engineering. I need to learn how to be a technician. I can be part of building a bigger, better future. I can actually go out and live the future looking at the solar system and being part of a generation of courageous people who do something big and bold and heroic. And I will, as president, encourage the introduction of the Northwest Ordinance for Space to put a marker down 
that we want Americans to think boldly about the future, and we want Americans to go out and study hard and work hard, and together we're going to unleash the American people to rebuild the country we love. So, I'm going to give you a set of goals, and then I'm going to make a set of observations about how to achieve those goals. By the end of my second term. We will have the first permanent base on the moon, and it will be American. I want us to have so much constant, energetic, excited activities that people are learning again and that we're drawing the best talent in the country right back to the Space Coast because it's exciting and it's dynamic and who knows what next week is going to be like. And does that mean I'm a visionary? You betcha. You know, I was attacked the other night for being grandiose. I just want you to know, Lincoln standing at Council Bluffs was grandiose. The Wright brothers going down to Kitty Hawk was grandiose. John F. Kennedy standing there saying we'll get to the moon in eight years was grandiose. I accept the charge that I am an American, and Americans are instinctively grandiose because we believe in a bigger future. Okay. Yeah, we there was the uh, <laughs> that was the um, yeah. Newt. Well, well, there it is. I'm surprised he didn't do that uh, whole clip in Klingon to really yeah. bring in all those oh, now science you're, fans. Now you're going. Now you're speaking to my language here. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a spy. I'm a science geek myself. But um, but yeah, the the great thing about uh, the great thing about Newt is, like you said, he knew who he was talking to. He knew oh, yeah. who he was appealing to. He knew the catchphrases. He wasn't just up there winging it and. Um, and um, to a certain extent, you know, you know, I'm suspicious of that kind of politician. But at the same time, I would much rather have somebody that, uh, you know, that actually takes the time to do his homework and come show up prepared than somebody who, you know, just shows up and, you know, is basically talking about the exact same thing that he was talking about. Like you know, Mr. Inevitable, you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rami, Mr. Inevitable, mm. who doesn't quite seem so inevitable these days. Isn't right. it the difference between someone who's... Who who is studying the speaking points versus someone who's actually written and come up with them. Mm. Yeah. Or who, who has a staff of people. You know, st- you know, that's the interesting thing about people who are destined or are positioned to possibly one day lead America is that they do have almost a government in waiting, you know. Uh, they have their experts on um, you know every issue under the sun. Unfortunately, Mitts were in a blind trust, so he, <laughs> he couldn't hear from them. Right, time. right. There you go. And, um, you know, Newt has, uh, he has somebody that he can call, you know, when, when, he, you know, when he needs to know what, uh, you know, what, what is the state-of-the-art answer to pensions reform or something like this. He's got, he's got a go-to person you can, or a go-to, you know, policy think tank or something, you know, uh, 
you know, something along those lines that he knows that he can, he can get the state-of-the-art answer. And um, here, here's a question. How many of these issues, what, what would you say are ultimately going to be um, the top, let's say, five issues, national issues, in this presidential election season? Because Warner has the ability to kind of look into the well, future. Certainly, certainly uh, Obamacare, you know, health care will be a big problem. Uh, I'm not quite sure how big immigration will be, but they spent a lot of time on it last night in the debate. Um, jobs in the economy will be extremely important. And, and let's face it, uh, uh, foreign policy has not calmed down at all during Obama's term in office. It's gotten more dangerous than ever out there, so that'll be a, a big big part of this coming uh, presidential yeah. contest. You know, if you look at the, you know, Newt's been around since, you know, 19, well, before 1994, but obviously that was yeah, his. I think he ran his first, his first run for Congress was 1974. Wow. I mean, this is, you know, talk about a man of. of I was 12. Wow. <laughs> a man of history, you know, a man of destiny in, in, in a great sense. You know, this is a guy who didn't just, you know, make a couple of runs and get frustrated and say, oh, who needs it? Right. You know, um, that's the other thing. In order to be a great politician, you have to be willing, no matter how many times you go out there and you try to, uh, to, to offer your, your leadership, your service, public service, and you get rejected, you have to be able to keep coming back. Whereas the average person, especially a very successful businessman, would just typically say, who needs this? I've got, you know, I've got mine. I can, you know, I can travel. I can enjoy my life. Well, why, why, why do I need this? Well, I always remind everyone that Lincoln lost a couple of elections. FDR tried to run for vice president before he ran for president, years wow. before he ran for president. He lost. Wow. So, you know, um, some, yeah. of these, uh, some of these uh, most, you know, m most well-known leaders that we've ever had lost elections. Sure enough, sure enough. And, and just think of all the guys who, who lost elections and, you know, could have changed the course of history, but they just decided to go skiing, you know, yeah. enough of that, enough of this. Who needs it? You know, I, I can just hang out by the pool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes that can be appealing. And, yeah. and let's face it, uh, a lot of times people, especially in, in, in the presidency, people that have run for the presidency, their dead careers are littered <laughs> across the landscape, all the way back to the beginning of our republic of people that ran for president and turned out to be the end of their career because their loss just devastated them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, the, the, and you know that really just goes to show that if you, you know, if you, if you can't handle that kind of loss, then how could you handle being president? Um, you know, when when all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of a war that you weren't expecting, or in the middle of a tragedy, whether it's a you know a challenger, that you know, three a.m. phone call. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, here's, the, here's another thing. When it comes to personality, and I guess it, it has to do with, you know, obviously it has a lot to do with the office that you're running for, but um, would you say that a candidate who has a great, I mean, you, you would think that a candidate who has a great personality, very outgoing, gregarious, uh, funny, uh, has, has an edge, you would think. But do you think that that's a double-edged sword that people say, oh, my God, I just love that guy so much, but really, I mean, could you imagine, the, you know, 3 a.m., him getting that 3 a.m. phone call? You know, right, right. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it can be a problem. Well, Reagan, you, you have to have you have to have something to back up that gregarious personality, and that that comes down to education. Yeah, and and, and I guess the the perfect example of that is Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a guy who had uh, that personality and the humor, 
but um, he was also able to, you know, he, he clearly had um, a number of issues that, uh, uh, that he believed in, right. and he was forcefully, you know, able to, you know, kind of bring, refocus people on those issues. Um, you know, there's been a lot of issues that we are endlessly kind of rehashing or not rehashing. You know, there's some issues out there that I'm really surprised are not part of the national debate for whatever reason. Like education. Like right? education. Yeah. Um, when we come back, I know you had a chance to talk to Juan Williams and uh, Michael Medved right. at an education forum. We're going to play uh, some of those interviews and talk about some of the other issues that we're just not, uh, that don't seem to be shaping the debate for whatever reason, good or bad. You know, maybe, maybe it's a good thing that, you know, issues that were, I guess, considered divisive or wedge issues, you know, in 1994 are not part of the debate right now because, you know, it's entirely possible that it would go against Republicans, whereas maybe in 94 it, it worked for them. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that, Warner, when we come back with more of The Truth Squad. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. And President Barack Obama. In 2012, if I do get kicked out of the White House, I'm counting on William J. Kelly uh, to create a new job for me uh, hosting a TV show on the Truth and Broadcasting Network. The Kelly Truth Squad, only on the Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad, and you know what? We're not just in the studio, no. We, we get out of the studio from time to time, and, and I get in trouble, and it goes viral, and then, uh, and then I have to kind of lay low for a little while. But, <laughs> but, uh, but the good thing is that, um, uh, and you can see some of those videos at kellytruthsquad.com. If you'd like to see that I'm telling you the truth, just Google that, uh, William J. Kelly, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but the good news is that we have a guy who can actually go out in public and not... Um, uh, find himself uh, uh, attacked. Um, yeah. His name is Warner Todd Houston, and um, and he's got he he actually went out in public and uh, conducted himself quite well with uh, Juan Ron, uh, Juan w- Williams. You see why we see why we sent Warner. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was it was Juan Williams. Yeah, yeah, and Michael Medved. Uh, sure, two nationally known uh, broadcasters. Uh, uh, I went to the. Uh, uh, up in Deerfield to the American exceptionalism, restoring America, ex- now I can't, <laughs> restoring American exceptionalism tour, uh, which was sponsored by Chicago Town Hall. Yes. Uh, uh, townhall.com. You got WIND radio. We don't like to say other stations, but sure. since they sponsored it, I say it. Sure, sure, uh, sure. And, and uh, it was National School Choice Week that uh, we had there. And I, I had a chance after the, the uh, festivities to uh, interview Juan Williams, uh, formerly of NPR and now a Fox News contributor, and Michael Medved, who uh, has his own radio show uh, and uh, is also, uh, people may remember him as a, um, a film reviewer. So I, I got a chance yes, to talk to both of them about School Choice Week, and uh, here are those uh, interviews. <laughs> We're speaking with Juan Williams, nationally known, uh, well, formerly of NPR and uh, a Fox News uh, contributor, uh, here at the uh, School Choice Week. Um, Mr. Williams, uh, I was speaking with Michael Medved a few minutes ago, and one of the questions came up uh, was that... Did you really speak with Michael? Yes, I did. And I have proof. proof I have proof proof of that. Video proof, believe it or not. (laughs) And and photographic proof. (laughs) uh, Michael was saying that um, uh, it's sort of of a shame that we put so much emphasis on college. Uh, Do you agree with that? 
No, I, I think college is so important. Now, I think that if I'm just trying to understand what Michael's saying, mm -hmm. not everybody's cut out to go to college. Right. And so what you have to do is look in terms of maybe this person is better positioned for a vocational education, maybe this person is better positioned to go into the military. You have to look at the young person, at their talents and skill sets. And oftentimes in the U.S. what we're doing is we're for forcing people who do not have evidence of academic inclination into an academic structure. Mm -hmm. And what it has done is then we call it credentialing. Suddenly, oh, really, it's about having a college credential more so than about the education that the credential should symbolize and signify that you have achieved this level of academic performance. And so we have seen in this country the growth of the online uh, degree mill industry, which right. I think is very suspect. Right, I agree. We've seen tremendous growth in terms of community colleges that are trying, I think, now to do some of the remediation for kids who really graduate from high school without the skill set necessary mm -hmm. to go to college. And corporations are even finding that. They're finding that they have to send some some of their, you new know, their employees. new employees to remedial education. Correct, because they can't read and write in, 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 a, in an effective way that would allow them to be productive employees. Now, how crazy is that? What does yeah. that say yeah. about the quality of our elementary and secondary education in the country? Right. But if you're asking me, what are my dreams for my child? I want my child to have a college degree. Mm -hmm. That would be my desire. But am I also sensitive to the idea that, you know what, if I watch my child grow and realize my child is not academically oriented, my child wants to fix cars. Well, then why is it that anyone would judge my child to be inferior or inadequate because he or she doesn't have a college degree? It should be that in this country, you can say it. This is what the child wants to do. It's where they, their spirit, their inclination is taking them. And we are going to, in order to make them a useful, productive citizen, help them to be who they want mm -hmm. to be. We're not going to somehow impose this social structure that says, yes, and social status ad adheres to college degree, and as your parent, you must go to college. No, we want you to be successful. We do want you to be productive citizen of our republic, and in order to do that, we're going to find a school that works for you. And I, get, I think that brings us back to school choice we right. in a big way. Right. Because if you say, if parent, I do believe this, parents love their kids, want the best for their kids. Let the parent decide. Let the parent find out what's working and not working, not just react to some social status deal. Mm -hmm. You should graduate from this school to get this college degree, to have this credentialing going on. No, I think that's the wrong path. Some static education. measure. Yeah, no. But if again, to repeat, if you're asking me what I want for my children, I want them to achieve academically, to become critical thinkers, to get a college education. To do well, one of the things I've noted was that uh, too many jobs are expecting certain college degrees, even at the entry-level position, which I sure. think is probably problematic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, what hap what's happening is it's become, as we were just discussing, a credential. Mm. So it's a way for the employer to filter out people as opposed to trying to acknowledge, well, wait a second, what does it take to do this job? Right. And does this person actually have the capacity, the intelligence, the energy, the motivation to fulfill mm -hmm. that role? So it's, you know, people think, oh, well, it's a good thing, absolutely, but in fact, oftentimes it becomes a barrier to people who have the talent, the energy, the inclination to do the job, but they're told, well, you don't have the appropriate degree. Mm -hmm. And what's the consequence of this if you project it forward is 
people who have college degrees finds that their degrees are now worth less. Yeah, worth less. Yeah, right. And now they're saying, you know, you know, you, you don't just have to have a college degree. Now we're looking for people who have the graduate degree uh, yeah, because that's another filtering right, mechanism. Right, exactly. Because people are finding that the college degree is not necessarily an indicative right. of your academic ability. If everyone's special, no one's special. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we want to thank Juan Williams for uh, spending a few minutes with us talking about school choice. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you really talk to Juan Williams? I, well, I'm going to put this in my computer later and see if I did or not. Well, it could be. It could be. Unless, unless... He's an imposter. Uh, that could be, too. That could I've be. met a few well, imposters in my so time. A Sarah Palin one, for instance. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I've met her. <laughs> yes, I've met, I've met her in, uh, in Texas. Yeah, I met yeah. her. As, I, as, I as saw her at CPAC. It was a conservative yeah, yeah, convention yeah. I saw her at. Yeah. In fact, I thought she was so terrific. I thought it was just that I thought she looked like Sarah Palin. Then she told me, no, she actually works as a Sarah Palin right, impersonator. Right. I've also met that, uh, I think his name is Reggie Bush, the fellow that uh, does Obama. I've never met him. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a fun guy. No, I've met I've met the guy that does President Bush. Mm -hmm. um, I don't never met the Obama guy. There's somebody <laughs> else that is an impersonator that I've met. Well, I bet the Juan Williams impersonator, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Juan Williams for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. We're talking with Michael Menved, a nationally known radio host and a sometime movie reviewer, I hear. <laughs> and he's here at the uh, National Education Week. Uh, we were talking up there on the dais there uh, about how we need school choice. What is your biggest and, and quickest pitch for school, uh, school choice? Well, basically, um, America is based on freedom of choice. I mean, what's made this country exceptional and the whole mm -hmm. theme of these meetings, American exceptionalism, is that Americans always had a choice as to whether they came here or not, except for those people who were brought here as slaves, but that's, uh, that's uh, not most American experience. But we've had a choice about coming here. We've had a choice about where we live. Americans have always been the most mobile people in the world. We move to different places. The whole economic system is based on the idea that people get to choose uh, where they want to work, how they want to work. Um, they get to choose what they want to buy. And for something as important as education, for people to have no choice about the way that their own tax dollars, which they've paid in, and everybody pays taxes at one point to a locality that's going to be used for schools, for parents to have no choice about how those tax dollars are apportioned to help their own children is un-American and unfair, and it's, it's clearly disastrous. And I think we're seeing that, and, and as you said on the dais up there uh, today, uh, these, these uh, uh, referendums are getting denied all across the country for the first time in, in generations. Well, well, they are, and, and basically, see, I think for most Americans, that great American middle, uh, they're not anti-tax. We're not anti-tax. People are willing to pay taxes and lots of taxes if they feel they're getting their money's worth. And increasingly, when it comes to education, Americans are feeling we're not. I mean, we pay more per child in education than any nation on earth. And we're ranked generally 20th, 30th um, for that kind of payment. It's, it's, it, we can do better. 
And we're loaded down constantly with, with silly things in our schools, uh, gender studies and, you know, uh, uh, surfing and crazy things like that. And, and it's showing that uh, we're not competitive on the global market in education any longer. Well, correct. They, they've kind of had to cut out a lot of that stuff because of the budgetary crunch. But the, the, the problem, and it's something we didn't get to tonight, and it's, it's a real uh, hobby horse of mine that I talk about a lot on the radio. Uh, we, we have a system right now where every child, literally from kindergarten on, is programmed for college. Bad mistake. Mm, college agree, isn't man. for everybody. Right. And the fact that we put everyone on that college track means that there are a certain number of kids who are going to fail. We have the, the best colleges in the world, best colleges and universities, but unfortunately, um, a lot of people, uh, uh, up to 40% of people who start four-year colleges and universities don't graduate. Mm -hmm. What a waste of money. What yeah, a waste of life. <laughs> what, what, a, what, a, what a waste of opportunities for people. And, and again, we, we need more vocational training. We need apprenticeship programs. There's a professor I had on my show uh, named Alex Tabarak, who teaches at George Mason University. And he studied the way this works in Europe. Germany has about half the percentage of people who go to college and university. But uh, it, it turns out that their people without college degrees do better than a lot of our college graduates. Why? Because they do apprenticeship programs in high school. They get paid. No. While you're in high school, you get a part-time apprenticeship, you get money from the company, and the company trains you to take a position after you graduate from high school. And there's nothing dishonorable about that. Right. If our kids were doing, if our schools were doing the kind of job they should for our kids, they would be getting the essential elements of education before. I mean, it used to be, if you look at the high school graduation exams, most college graduates today could not pass. Right, I saw right. one from, from Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1905 a high school graduation exam, most college students couldn't pass it. Right, there's a, there's a radio host here in town in Chicago named Milt Rosenberg oh, who's sure fond of, well. of talking about how he, as a professor, would talk about, uh, ask his students, uh, when did the Civil War start? And they couldn't, couldn't pinpoint that. It was in the 18, early 1860s. Sometimes didn't even get the right decade, or the right uh, century, much less the right decade. No, I, I'll tell you what's really shocking is a majority of American uh, high school graduates, not university students, but high school graduates, uh, couldn't pinpoint the century in which television was invented. Right, right. Well, if we ask uh, some of our elected officials, uh, <laughs> the FDR might be able to help them with that. Right. <laughs> we want to thank Michael Madbitt for being with thank us for a few minutes. And uh, remember, his show is here in Chicago on WIND Middays. Thank you. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And these are, as I think everybody knows by now, our favorite segments, the talk of the town segments. Okay? Because usually what it means is we get to meet local people, real people, who, uh, who are doing something in their community. And then we get to go and do it ourselves. We get to be part of that Warner. 
That's right, and, and it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and uh, we bring our photographer, we take pictures, put that on Facebook, Twitter. We we can share that with uh, other people who might uh, want to participate in that event or that charity in the future, or uh, maybe they have a charity of their own, and they uh, they can uh, you know obviously be featured on Talk of the Town themselves. Right, and we want to hear about that too, folks. If you have a charity or a great thing that uh, you think uh, the Chicago would like to hear, yes, call indeed. Us up. Let us know. And. Um, and then people get to explain things to me, which I'm endlessly, <laughs> I, I endlessly need people to explain things to me. Usually the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but, um, That's but, a microphone. You, uh, speak, you speak into <laughs> but, but the good thing about it is that, you know, it, it's comforting. It's reassuring, you know, to hear the same, to hear the same thing every day. So, um, Katie, are you there? I am here. Oh, Katie, how are you doing, partner? <laughs> I'm great. Really excited to be on your show today. Well, we're very happy to have you. And you are with what organization? I'm with the American Lung Association in Greater Chicago. Outstanding. And, um, and if I'm coughing, it's not because I'm a smoker. It is because <laughs> I, uh, I was good, I was, I was uh, healthy all winter, and then all of a sudden yesterday, bam, um, uh, uh, headaches and chills and coughing. And, oh, no. Yeah. Well, and even if you were coughing because you were a smoker, that would be okay, too. We're not the smoking police. Um, we just—if people want to quit, we're here to help them. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, very, very cool. Well, I was getting afraid to mention my cigar habits. So ah. now I can just <laughs> announce it to the world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, um, so Katie, you have a, a a great event that's coming up, and uh, I've always wanted to participate in something like this, and I think this is the year that I I'm actually going to do it. Um, it's uh, tell us about the event. Uh, well, that's fantastic, and we would love to have you. Uh, coming up on March 11th, we have our Fight for Air Climb at Presidential Towers. Okay. Um, so it is a unprecedented test of endurance where participants have the opportunity to climb one, two, three, or all four of Chicago's Presidential Towers. Wow. Uh, so that is 2,340 stairs if you do all four. Jeez, you see, now you've really upped the stakes here because <laughs> I did not know that there were four towers. I thought oh, we yeah. were talking about one tower, <laughs> and now you've, now you've put me in a position where I'm going to feel inadequate if I don't do all four towers. You don't have to feel inadequate at all. One tower is still quite the accomplishment and plenty of stairs. Okay. Um, 45 floors is, is the first one. Do we have to do it all in one day? <laughs> yes, it's, it's all in one day, um, and if you do do all four towers, we ask that you, you do them consecutively. So we try to limit the break time in between towers. How do people get from one tower to the other? They're actually all connected indoors. You've got to um, be kidding me. So, so <laughs> I'm not. This reminds me of something from Logan's Run. You know, the, uh, Have you ever seen <laughs> that show? I remember that show. That yeah. was an I awesome actually show. saw that at the theater when it first came You've out. You've got to be yes, kidding I'm me. Yes, I'm that old. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I remember thinking how, how amazing it would be to live in a Logan's Run kind of uh, society. Well, you're getting to the age where they would have started shooting at you. <laughs> so you may, you may want to rethink that. I'm getting to the age where I might just start shooting back. <laughs> so you just watch your step. But um, but anyway, um, here's the thing, Katie. So okay, so we're gonna get to run around these uh, presidential towers. Um, how do the residents feel about this? Are they are now? Is this the first time that this happened? Um, this isn't. I believe this is our fourth year. Okay. Um, and participation has grown every single year that we have held this event. We're hoping for 1,500 participants. Wow. Um, and we actually love the residents, and I think that they love the event there. Um, yes. We have huge groups of volunteers that come, both from the Presidential Tower staff as well as Presidential Tower residents. Um, they climb. They volunteer. We have a really great re relationship with the building. Um, so we, we think it's a positive thing. 
I think it's a very positive thing. <laughs> and I'm immediately going to start training and get a physical rehab sponsor for this event. <laughs> I, I, I think knee surgery is definitely going to be in the, in, in the future here. But, well, um, well, absolutely not. We, we want to make sure that you're safe, and we do have um, medical crews on site if you are worried really? about something like that. But we encourage everyone to train ahead of time. Do so they have antibiotics for, like, extreme uh, uh, flu? Because I, because I, I'm afraid I might still be literally like running, like literally run, like have the, the runniest nose in town by, uh, by even by March 11th. By March 11th, that's a really long time to have the flu. Um, yeah. But but it's a, it's a full ambulance crew, so I would I would hope they would have everything that you would need to take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will look forward to taking full advantage of this. <laughs> That's what they're there for. I don't I don't think anyone has ever gone anticipating to take advantage of the ambulance crew, but you could, that could be a first. You know, there are actually I can't think of one person who uh, who did think along those lines. Um, <laughs> there was a guy by the name of Orson Welles. Are, are you Katie? Are do you does the name Orson Welles mean anything? to you or yeah oh wow okay um well orson wells he was a genius and um and he had all of the i guess you could say the um horrific consequences that go along with being a genius uh you know mental breakdown exhaustion <laughs> everything and um one of the things that he did was he was making a movie doing a live theatrical performance and doing a radio show simultaneously and um and the way he would get from one of these venues to the other is he hired an ambulance and really? the, yes and the ambulance just threw on the sirens and you know drove on the sidewalks whatever it took to get orson wells to the theater on time and i don't think that that i don't think that would fly today do you I, I don't. And and are you perhaps comparing yourself to Orson Welles? <laughs> are you going to... <laughs> well, she got you, didn't she? <laughs> maybe, maybe when it comes wow. to scheming, you know, when, when it wow. comes to the scheming aspect. But there are private ambulance uh, uh, services. Smack down from the gate. <laughs> <laughs> we could potentially get an ambulance sponsor. And, um, but, um, yeah, I'm sure that they highly regulate that, you know, the usage of the siren these days. Well, if you, if you want to get a sponsor, I think maybe we should get, uh, some kind of elevator repair service because the only way I'm going to participate in this is if I can do all four towers elevators. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you can ride the That's elevator down, just not up. Ooh, now that, that? that, that brings up a good question. Are you expecting people to go up and down on the stairs? Um, no. Oh, so, thank God. Okay. <laughs> you, you yeah, climb, that might be a traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how it works is that you time in at the bottom. You climb all the way to the top, and um, the moment that you leave the stairwell, you time out. So you are allowed to catch your breath, get a drink of water, um, but we encourage Ooh. you to... Uh, it's tricky there. Uh, but we encourage you to get in the elevator, go down, and um, a few steps outside the elevator, you'll time in again. You know what? You better be careful about letting people know that they can get out and <laughs> t- like tap out. Because you, what you might end up doing is get a, getting a bunch of these carryout uh, restaurants that will go up the stairs, go out in the hallway, put flyers under all the doors, and then, and then run back inside and, uh, as if they're participating in this. Uh, here, here's a question. Is it possible for me to just run down the stairs? Um, it is not because you would be running into all the people climbing up the stairs. Oh, and, okay. And then we would need the ambulance again. Okay, so the, the, I, now I got it. There is the up. St- okay, I thought maybe there was like up. a separate downstairs option. Okay. Nope. Hmm. Interesting. Now, uh, so here's here's the thing. I, what I want to do is I, I want to participate. I want to get this on Facebook or however, whatever you recommend. Okay. okay. Um, 
and uh, so that we can actually get some great pledges and get some people to really put some money uh, behind this and maybe get some of our listeners to actually join in. It is awesome. Thank you. Um, and uh, so, so you tell me, what, what is the, I mean, do you guys have like a fundraising uh, link or app or page or something that we can use? Yes, absolutely. So if your listeners go to fightforairclimb.org um, and select the Presidential Towers Climb, you'll be directed to our website, and everyone who registers receives their own personal fundraising page. Um, so you can decorate it, you can put pictures up, you can put a video up, um, and you can actually create your own personal URL to drive people just to your fundraising nice. page. Um, and there's a little thermometer on there so you can see how much you've raised. Um, wow. and, and we would love for you to do that for us. Well, um, then, it's a done deal, Katie. In fact, I, I do have a few questions regarding that. Okay. Um, like, uh, so um, we are, uh, can I ask you to stay for one more segment with us? Oh, absolutely. Perfect. I, we will be right back with Katie, and she's going to tell us how to participate in this stair climb and, and if there's any, like, training that goes into it, like, ahead of time. You know, we've, uh, te- technically, we've been training for this our whole lives, but, you know, not in such a dramatic fashion. And, um, obviously, you're going to find out all about that on the KellyTruthSquad.com. We're going to link that. We're going to put that fundraising uh, link right there. And, um, and we'll be back with Katie. And something about Katie that, um, is, uh, that you probably don't know. Have no fear, the Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. I'm President Barack Obama, and I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do not, and let me be clear, do not listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and I'm uh, here, as always, with Warner Todd Houston. Yay! And uh, oddly enough, he's not wearing a hat today, and I well, am. I brought one. You brought it. There brought you go. One. So, yeah. so you it's could here. actually be wearing a hat in, in, like, in the blink of an eye. Well, see, I yeah, well, I you know, I wear fedoras, and uh, yes, you've got a nice uh, crushable hat on, and right. fedoras uh, kind of prevent you from putting headphones over the top of them, if you know what I'm oh. saying. Uh, but the, nice the, little, it's the newsboy cap. You've got a nice newsboy cap that you can put those headphones right over yes, the top. Yes, I try to do that with my fedora, and oh, uh, no. it don't do that. popped up in the air, <laughs> maybe falling off, <laughs> people trip over wires. It's a whole dangerous thing. There you go. So so we're, we're going to get the, the hat sponsor. Um, I don't know about the cigar sponsor, because I, I, I have a feeling training for this and then after the fact I, I don't think I'm going to want to be anywhere near cigar smoke um, <laughs> for, 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 uh, for any time soon and uh, ambulance sponsor um, Maureen could you write that down please Okay. We got the defibrillators last week. Oh, that's right. So now we, we can get an ambulance. Katie, with I'm telling you right now, we are so... <laughs> Katie, we're back with Katie. And um, and who are you with again, Katie? I'm sorry. I'm with the American Lung Association the American of Greater Lung Chicago. The American Lung Association of Greater Chicago. And, and here's the thing, Katie. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm doing. But yet, <laughs> I always seem to find, figure out a way to make it work. And um, we, had, um, we had another charity on... And um, we um, are in the process of learning CPR and how to uh, operate defibrillators. Wow. Um, so I'm telling you, we, we've got this thing coming and going, okay? Do you, do you trust yourself with a defibrillator? You know what? No. I mean, I, my, my, the, the way I look at it is, first of all, I, I'm, I'm, I'm highly my, anticipating somebody needing to use a defibrillator on me. Um, but, wow. I, but at the same time, I do want to be ready 
to 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 use that defibrillator. If uh, if a loved one or if uh, just even a complete stranger was to fall down, I would want to make sure that I knew how to save that person's life. I don't think falling down requires a defibrillator. Well, but I mean, if they fell down with some kind of a heart, uh, a stroke or a heart attack or something <laughs> okay. like that. Okay. I think Ka- I think Katie's auditioning to be a, a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm about to be replaced. Oh, Warner, Warner, you have no idea how how, how right you are, brother, oh, man. because Katie has a, Katie is so overqualified to be uh, to be uh, to be hosting a, a radio show. Um, we did a little research into Katie. Uh-oh. Okay, Uh-oh. Katie <laughs> is uh, is a former Miss Illinois. Am I right? Wow. You are right. You did some googling. There you go. And um, so, <laughs> so, so I, I now now so obviously you uh, have done interviews in front of crowds of people live. You've uh, given speeches. You've gone out to all kinds of events. Um, it's true. You are the perfect woman, and I love you. <laughs> wow. Well, well, thank you. Um, and, and I think the American Lung Association loves me because it, it made me, uh, gave yes. me the skills to be able to represent that organization. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, <laughs> I, have, I have two words for you, Katie. Uh, restraining order. <laughs> you, may, you, may, you may want to look that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, come on. Katie will be on the top floor. I'll be on the bottom floor. Ah. I, I, trust me, I, I will be moving so slowly that uh, Katie will speaking, not... Speaking of this challenge, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if... You know, I mean, these towers are awful big, mm-hmm. and uh, they're called the presidential towers. I'm wondering if there's a smaller challenge for someone like me, a little tubby, a little older, maybe a <laughs> vice presidential challenge, was maybe two flights of stairs or something. Um, interesting. It's, it's interesting that you say that. We do have a climb in the suburbs. Ooh. It's our Oak Brook Terrace Tower climb, which is Ooh. just 31 floors 31. and 680 stairs. Wow. So I don't, it's still quite the challenge, but um, a, a different challenge, I would say, than the presidential towers. Just just one tower. Now, have you done this yourself, or were you more coordinating uh, uh, in previous years? Um, I have coordinated um, for the two years that I've worked at the Lung Association. This will be my third year. Um, and the first year that I competed, my team was third place. Wow. Uh, so we were the third fastest. So, so I am I am quite the competitor. In so this let me race. get this straight. So you, so you actually went up and down. Uh, four of the pres- uh, all four of the president, or I should say, up all four of the presidential <laughs> towers, and then and then took the elevator down. All four towers, all absolutely. Four ta- okay, well then, Katie, let's let's uh, ask a, a very serious question right now. Okay. Um, I will be marching in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Awesome. Okay, as I do every year. Um, I was actually brought home from the hospital on St. Patrick's Day. Um, really? So this is a yes. I, I actually I've been brought home from the hospital on multiple St. Patrick's. Days. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have a feeling Just that this one? one is not going to be. Uh, this one is going to take the uh, the record here. Here's the question: How sore? Okay, how sore are you after this stair climb? How many days do, is it going to take <laughs> for me to be able to tie my shoes? Um, well, first of all, if you train, it's not as bad as you think. So if you're prepared for it. Not so sore, um, but I would say the first year I did it when I wasn't really sure what I was getting into, maybe maybe a two-day soreness. Wow. Uh, but, you know, it's a good sore because you feel like you accomplished a lot because you did accomplish a now, lot. Now, how did that, like, manifest itself? Like, kind of walking like Mike Ditka? <laughs> uh, or John know, Wayne? Maybe just kind of like the stair climber at your gym. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, the way Mike Ditka walks? I don't. I don't know. You know, he has a lot of character, obviously, and and uh, you know, he kind of walks with that 
you know, I, I don't, I, I don't admire. I mean, it's not like I'm like looking forward to the day that I, you know, have that, uh, that, that, uh, that gate, so to speak. But um, you know, it is that kind of, you know, uh, a guy who's maybe um, lived a little bit too hard kind of walk. I don't know. You'd have to see it. You'd have to just, you know, you'd have to just Google Mike well, Ditka. And well, there's some really funny Mike Ditka videos on the internet, by the way. I would definitely recommend those. I, I totally believe that. And I, and I think one way we could avoid that is if you stretch afterwards. Stretching. Okay. So training beforehand and stretching afterwards, I think, would um, allow for a more normal walk, maybe um, minimal uh, soreness after the climb. Because um, overall, we want everyone to have a, a positive experience. We don't want them to... That be in any pain. Now you mentioned that you were on a team. Um, are, how is it possible for me to join a team? Absolutely, you could create your own team. Okay. Um, and and name it something really cool, like okay. maybe Kelly True Squad Team. There you go. Um, That'd be so inventive. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Never think of that one. Hey, she's a marketing. I'm she, telling you, she is a genius. She's a marketing uh, whiz. And, okay. Genius. I'm there sorry. It is. Go There's ahead. There's her team name. Um, and then you can invite people to participate. And right through our website, you can invite people, um, and it's all branded with the climb, so it looks really official. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I w that's what I would recommend doing. How much is the registration? The registration, uh, we asked for a $100 okay. um, fundraising minimum. Um, and that's because events like this um, are expensive to of put course. on. Um, but then also we hope to raise um, $300,000 for the Fight for Air. So let me get this right. So somebody registers, they give you $100, and then the hope is that, uh, do they give you $100 upon registering or after the fact? So upon registering, there's a $25 registration fee. Okay. Um, and then we ask, in, instead of just paying the $100, which you could totally do, um, sure. we ask that you fundraise. Sure. Um, so 10 people, $10, and you've got your fundraising minimum. Love it. Um, and plenty of people go in above and beyond that minimum. Um, and, again, maybe they're climbing in honor or in memory of someone who had of lung course. disease. Um, maybe they themselves struggle with lung disease. Um, so there's lots of reasons why people are climbing um, in addition sure. to that physical challenge. Well, I love it. And I, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Does the team train in advance of the event? We do have boot camps um, that you can participate in. And our last one is okay. happening on Saturday. Oh, I lied. What am I talking about? That's for our Oak Brook climb. Okay. Our Oak Brook climb, the last one is happening on the 4th. But for our presidential towers climb, um, those haven't even started yet. Really? So, okay. Yes. How many uh, How many boot camps will there be? Um, there will be, see, now you got me searching on our website really fast trying to find it. Okay. Um, here they are. So they're Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Okay. Um, on February 21st, February 28th, and March 6th. Got um, it. And something to note is that they are tied to fundraising. Love it. Um, <laughs> so in order to participate um, in the first uh, boot camp, we ask that you raise $150. Got it. Mm -hmm. And well, you'll actually be yeah. in the towers so you can see what it's like um, and, and get used to this uh, before race day. Nice. Okay, well, then that's very cool. And then if you want to participate in the other two, do you have to raise additional money to also participate in the other two? You are right. So it's $250 by session two and $350 by session three. Got it. Katie, you are my hero. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I will register. I will awesome. train. And, um, Thank you. And I'm going to make sure that, uh, that we make this a big success, Katie. That is really cool. I'm super excited and um, can't wait to see you on event day. And we'll have all that information on our website, kellytruthsquad.com, for all of your stair climbing needs. And, um, and uh, we will be back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. And during the break, I am going to just run up and down the stairs. 
and get a, get a little practice in. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. Barack Obama again. Uh, you know, President of the United States. Now, I thought I told you not to listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. What are you doing? The Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the, uh, the Kelly Truth Squad Talk of the Town segment. I'm William Kelly, and uh, we have man's best friend, uh, uh, the dog, the canine, is, uh, is what I've been told. And, and it's been my experience, too, as well, okay? Unlike a lot of things uh, that I've been told that turn out not to be the case. You see what I mean, uh, Warner? Absolutely. But, uh, I know a lot of things that are not my best. <laughs> but uh, but I, I had a dog when I was a kid growing up. I think, th- did you have a dog, Warner? No, I never did. I was allergic to everything on the planet when I was a kid. you got to be kidding me. Are you not still anymore. allergic? Not at all. But so, so, not, so you can get a dog now? I think I could. Well, yeah. that's perfect. Perfect timing because we've kids. got... Because uh, <laughs> uh, we've got... Uh, we actually have Rochelle. She is with... Uh, She's with Paws, and I'm going to let her tell uh, tell it, okay? Because I'm sure she's more knowledgeable about this than I am. Rochelle, are you there? I'm there. Thank you, gentlemen, for having us this evening to talk about man's best friend, and I don't think you could have said it better. Yes, indeed. I, I And I'm sure you've heard many, many stories of people talking about their pets, and uh, and you can and the the truth of the matter is that dogs. The the thing that's great about dogs is that they truly are the most loyal, affectionate animals they they they're right there with you and uh and they they seem to empathize with their their human uh their human masters oh it's so true and you can't you know there's nothing better than unconditional love yes indeed <laughs> there there isn't enough of that in this world today I, I think we need uh we need we could learn a lesson from the uh from the canine uh we, we really could and it's so neat because i think they give back more to us than we give to them they're so forgiving you know the glass is always half full versus half empty they're sure. always happy to see you they don't care what kind of mood you're in or what kind of day you had they're just they they provide an amazing level of companionship and there's been quite a few studies uh done that they really actually help um help us live longer lives because sure. they provide stress relief they provide companionship and you know once again there's nothing better than unconditional love absolutely um now rochelle where where is uh i understand that first of all pause is having an event that's coming up very soon am i am i right about that yeah you are we actually have um our animal magnetism it's going to be on friday February 17th at Gallery Marchetti, oh, sure. uh, which is in the city of Chicago, and it's just a, it's a wonderful evening. It's a night of dancing, cocktails, dining, silent auction, and we have a great raffle. Uh, tickets are $125 per person and then $25 for your pets, so the pets are invited as well. Nice. And, uh, and, I, and I, that is a great location to have an event. We've, we've had a few events there for uh, Talk of the Town, and, and everybody is always happy. Um, there's the, you know, to go there, and, and it's an easy place to get around. And, right. um, here's, and it's so important yeah. because we need events like this, these type of fundraising events for us, really enable us to do what we do for animals. And one of the main services we provide is spay-neuter. Okay. We have the uh, Lurie Clinic, which is located at 3516 West 26th Street in Little Village. And this past year, we did over 17,000 surgeries running at 66% free. 
Wow. So for people that aren't able to afford spay-neuter services or don't have access to veterinary services, our clinic is there to make sure these animals don't reproduce, and we all know how important it is to spay and neuter your pet, um, as well as we also have uh, low-cost vaccines. So if your pet's oh. not spayed and neutered, one of the best things you can do in 2012 is call our clinic and get your animals uh, get your animals sterilized. Now, I've also heard that there is a uh, uh, an adoption service for people who are looking for a pet. Exactly. So number one, we absolutely believe in prevention through spay neuter, and then but uh, up at 1997, we have our adoption center. So for people that are looking to get a pet. Um, we have our adoption center, and this past year we saved uh, just about 4,300 lives. And these are animals that came from Chicago's Animal Care and Control and, you know, potentially didn't have a chance of finding a home. Their owners could no longer care for them or they were strays. Well, I, anything that we can do to help uh, promote that, I, I, I was, uh, for, a long, for the longest time, I've, I've always thought it would be great to have like a, uh, I actually adopt a dog for the for the show for the Aww. for the Kelly Truth Squad and have him like sit right here in the studio uh, on the chair next to me and wear the headphones and and <laughs> and somehow participate in the show. Oh, well, I think that would be great. And what's really neat about adopting is the fact that you are saving a life. And sure. there's so many um, misconceptions about shelter animals. And what we've done is by being in you know a great neighborhood. By having a really nice uh, center where the animals are in suites, they mm-hmm. get five walks a day. Um, they're paired with other dogs. We're able to show. They're having they a better lifestyle than I am, Michelle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know what? I don't begrudge them. I don't want to be the kind of guy that goes around hating on uh, the, the 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 canines. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I want to. I I am th- I'm happy for them. Okay. <laughs> And, and I'm hoping that that good karma is going to come back to me, Rochelle. Oh, it absolutely is. And I'll tell you what's really neat, and you, you, you've probably seen this, I think people that have animals and have a love and passion for animals are really great people. So yes. not only is it a great way to save a life, but if you've got some spare time, it's a great place to volunteer. We really depend on volunteers to help at our adoption center with walking the dogs, playing absolutely. with the cats, you know, doing the adoptions. And what a great way to meet people and people that have something in common with and, you. And to give back, too, because in a, in a, in a, if you really think about it, dogs, in a way, are volunteers. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're, 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 they're not getting paid, or at least they don't think, they don't look at it that way. You know what I mean? And um, I guess the, the other thing that I would, uh, you know, what I, was kind of, what I was kind of thinking is that if we had, if we would adopt a dog, you know, on the, on the show, on the Talk of the Town, every week, take their picture, put it up there on Facebook or something, then they would be like a celebrity dog. <laughs> and then you would be able to find that dog a home instantly, and then they'd, there'd be a backstory. You know, people when they're out there walking, they can say, eh, "My dog was a, was a big radio personality, a big radio star." With our luck, the dog will start demanding, you know, all kinds of per diems. No, and, uh, dogs don't do that. In. No, no, they don't do that. The dogs don't have limo. No, no, we'll do that. We'll provide the limo. We'll make that happen. I can. I've, we've got connections. We've got the. We've got limo sponsors. We're gonna. We we will make it. Everything work out for that dog. I swear to God. I swear that uh, dog is gonna be is gonna be super 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 happy about this. We're gonna change our station letters to WLP. We love dogs. Oh. <laughs> we love dogs. Or it's just WPAW. Uh, yeah, oh, I like that. There you go. What a great idea! Not only is it great for the dog to get exposure and have a lot of fun with you, but what a great thing for the team there at the station too to have a. a 
four-legged friend wagging his tail. And I agree. Being happy to see everybody. Um, you know what? I Well, then we have to adopt a dog, and we have to come to your February event, yeah. and uh, we have to uh, maybe do a live radio radio remote where, yeah. uh, you know, where we can uh, we can showcase a number of, uh, of dogs that uh, are budding, you know, and that they want to get into the break into the radio business. Yeah. <laughs> I like that kind of like a casting call at our adoption center, right? Exactly right. <laughs> I like it. Here's a question for you. I've noticed that uh, my building has a weight requirement. Uh, do, you, do you run into a lot of people that have problems with uh, maybe getting a dog that uh, when, you know, they want, a, they want a nice, you know, they want a big dog and then they have a, uh, their building has a weight requirement? You know, we will see that every now and then. What's great about Chicago, Chicago and the Chicagoland area is such a great dog community mm-hmm. that if at your current residence or where you currently live, that's a challenge. There's plenty of other buildings in the city that sure. don't have that requirement. And uh, we definitely encourage people to check to see what kind of restrictions that they do have in their buildings before they do it, before they decide yes. to adopt so that when they come in, you know, they don't fall in love with something that their landlords or their association is going to say, hey, that dog's too big for this or, you know, that's, that's the size isn't right for, you know, the, the association or whatever it may be. So we definitely sure. encourage people. And if you're a big dog person, you know, you like that, the, 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 the size of the dog and the personality, you could always get a dachshund who's like a big dog and a small dog body. Ah, okay. Well then, uh, well then, maybe that's uh, that's what we'll do. And okay. Well then, we we definitely need a dog uh, with um, you know with a, a personality uh, for radio. Uh, they always say a face for radio, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like we do. <laughs> like we do. Exactly. Exactly, but uh, hey, Rochelle, I, I'm really excited. I'm happy that we uh, that that uh, you know we're definitely going to swing by and, and meet with you at uh, at Paws, and uh, hopefully uh, adopt a dog for uh, for the talk of the town, uh, Shell, and uh, and then bring and then join there uh, at the at your February event. Uh, what, what's your website? How can people find out more about the event? We're at www.pawschicago.org, and we've got information on not only the animal magnetism event that's coming up, but also our adoption center and the dogs that we do have available for adoption. Rochelle, once again, you're you're awesome, and uh, thanks for being on Talk of the Town. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great evening. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. Okay, it's Barack again, and I see that you're still listening to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Network. Yeah, thanks a lot, folks. The Kelly Truth Squad, your alternative resistance news source. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad Talk of the Town segment. Okay, uh, it's uh, it's it's our it's our it is actually our element, the talk of the town. You see, if uh, if you were watching the Kelly Truth Squad on TV right now, that big talk of the town logo would just go smack right right in the middle of the screen. It would almost like slap you in the face. Talk of the town, <laughs> and I'm William Kelly. So uh, at any rate, we are back, and we you know what I love about the talk of the town segment is that we, we meet all the good people. 
in the in in uh, the city. All the cool people. All the anyway. cool people. Yeah. And uh, and then we get a chance to go to these events and we take pictures. We put that on uh, the blog and the Facebook and the Twitter and we send that out. So so if you have a charity, if you have an event, if you would like to be uh, featured on the Talk of the Town segment, go to kellytruthsquad.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and, and then people will be following you. Because uh, because they'll they'll see you on the show, uh, they'll hear you on the radio, they'll see you on the the the, the Facebook, and uh, and then they're going to um, then they're going to be following you, and that's how that works. So, and uh, that makes me feel good, especially when it's a charity that uh, is close to my heart. And that's why uh, Vanessa is here uh, to talk to us. Hey, Vanessa, are you there? Hi, yes, I am. Vanessa, thank you so much for being on Talk of the Town uh, with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, here's the thing. We, uh, I understand that you have an event that, if I'm not mistaken, is coming up real soon. Uh, uh, who's, who is it for and where is it going to be? Yes, we do. It's actually next Saturday, January 14th. Okay. The event is called Dancing with the Seals. We kind of played off Dancing with the Stars because our event is benefiting the Navy Seal Foundation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we have a wonderful evening planned for Saturday, January 14th. It's going to be downtown Chicago at the new Radisson Blue Hotel. Oh, wow. I've heard... A lot uh, of great acclaim. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I hear people buzzing about the uh, uh, the Radisson Blue Hotel all the time. Yes, it's at the Aqua property, which um, Aqua has won a numerous awards for sure. best building nationally, internationally. Awesome. So it's a wonderful building and a wonderful new hotel, so we're excited to bring our event there next Saturday night. Phenomenal. And, uh, and, and so it's right down there in uh, downtown Chicago. Yes, it's just steps from Millennium Park, right, you know, basically where the river meets the lake, wow. right across from uh, Navy Pier by Millennium Park, Grant Park. The greatest, um, the greatest city in the, in the history of the world, Vanessa. I agree. <laughs> in, my, in my humble, uh, non-biased opinion. And, yeah, and what could I be agree. better than helping out uh, our folks in uniform? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great cause. Absolutely. And, and, now what, and now what does the Navy SEAL Foundation do, Vanessa? Well, the Navy SEAL Foundation basically supports like, ongoing Navy, naval special, war, special war, warfare community and their families. So yes. they definitely help people in need. Um, you know, this year's been a tragic, or last year was kind of ups and downs with the, the Navy SEALs. And yes. they definitely help out a lot of families who have lost one, loved ones who are you know, active Navy SEALs. Yes. So it basically really just supports their community and their families. So we're just going to jump in there and try and help raise more money. Um, my company, Magellan Development Group, um, is hosting the event because we have a pretty close tie. Um, we're pretty good friends with um, a commander, uh, master-in-chief, who's going to be present at the event, along mm-hmm. with about, oh gosh, about a dozen other um, probably active and some retired Navy SEALs. Outstanding. So, uh, so you won't have to hire security for that event? No, I don't think so. And I can't tell you their name, otherwise, you know... You might have to shoot me. <laughs> there you go. I, I got gotcha. you. Well, yeah. I mean, that is, um, you know, that that is truly, you know, that that's truly amazing and 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 awesome and wonderful. And and the seals, you know, they're the elite of the elite. Obviously, they're the ones who um, I'm sure everybody knows by now uh, were able to locate and identify and uh, mm-hmm. do away with, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden, who, uh, you know, managed to elude us and elude justice for so long and. So, uh, and then uh, they were able to, you know, they were able to, uh, you know, bring closure to a lot of people as a result of, uh, you know, uh, as a result of that action. Exactly. So that's why we want to honor them and celebrate them and, you know, raise funds for, for families in need. Yes. 
and um, and obviously the 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 great tragedy that then followed of and it, it seemed very quick, very short order time uh, after the uh, you know the the Navy SEALs locating and and um, putting an end to Osama bin Laden's uh, reign of terror. Uh, a number of of our of our SEALs, uh, SEAL Team Six, were uh, were tragically. Uh, killed in a uh, helicopter. Yeah, they really have the one of the most dangerous jobs. Yes. In in the military, I mm -hmm. mean, they're always in danger. It, sure. It's, it's not like so many of the other military guys where, uh, you know, they're they're, you know, in bases and things. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, they're out there on the front line, behind the front line. Right. They're out there, you know, those, uh, cloak and dagger stuff. I mean, this is dangerous work. Right. And um, and you know, I, I think that uh, you know, in in the water, in the air, in the you know, jumping out of, uh, you know, repelling off of helicopters. Uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff that, you know, you you only, you, you can only can imagine in a movie. Yeah, a fella could get hurt doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, Vanessa, so, I mean, so th this sounds like a great uh, a great cause. It is a great cause. And, and I think, you know, everyone can can support that. Uh, you know, these are people who, who clearly are heroes. They're They're risking their lives. Uh, you know, for us, they've devoted their lives to the premise that, uh, um, you know, that they that they're willing to fight for freedom in a way that, you know, few of us could ever possibly imagine or uh, or ever be called upon to do or be capable of doing, even if we were called upon it. Um, you know, so uh, um, so 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 anything, anything that we can ever do for, you know, the SEALs or, the, or their family, obviously, um, it's the least that we can do. Uh, um, so how how are how would people go about getting a ticket uh, to the to the event on Saturday? Sure, it's actually very simple. We actually have a website called DancingWithTheSeals.com. Okay. And on that website, you can go on and you can purchase your tickets. Tickets are two hundred dollars a ticket, but it is um, from seven to eleven p.m. Full dinner buffet, open premium bar. We do have um, a real great cover band called Doctor Bombay playing. So we're going to have live music. Nice. We actually got the. Uh, Fred Astaire Dance Studio to come on in. They're going to have some of their professional dancers uh, kick off the night with a dance number. Uh, we're just going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of dancing, and a lot of opportunities to mingle with a lot of these Navy SEALs that are going to be there. And it's just going to be a, a really great evening at the Radisson Blue, and there's ballet and all that good stuff. So if you coming down, you can go ahead and uh, drive and park your car, or we even have um, discounted room rates for, I believe, about 100 and. $45 a night, which you can find all that information on the dancingwiththeseals.com website. Outstanding. And if you're and if you're a SEAL, if you're a member of the SEAL team, you can just uh, swim up the Chicago River <laughs> and uh, and then just uh, jump the, you know, I, you know, I live right off that Chicago River now. Where do you, oh, you, where do you check yeah. your website? I, 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 uh, I grew up, uh, you know, in Chicago my whole life, but now I live downtown. And and I always thought that if uh, Chicago was ever invaded, that Chicago River, that would be that would be the way to do it, the, like the Viking style. You know, they they could just go right up that Chicago River. You know, while everybody's asleep, maybe a couple of joggers would see them. But you know, that's about it. Um, but uh, but anyway, hopefully that won't happen. You know, not. it's cold, but they know how to they know how to handle that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, especially now. You know, now I feel kind of stupid because I just I just gave away the the secret to how to invade the city of Chicago. Oh, just and, make and sure the, make sure they do it on the on the dance night, and then we'll have a whole retinue of seals. To there you go. The invasion. Exactly right. Yeah, that would be an historic. That would be truly a mythical uh, story. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you, something that you know hasn't happened since the days of Charlemagne. 
uh, where, you know, in the middle of some grand banquet, uh, there's an invasion, and then, you know, all the knights are, are, are called out to, to actually uh, repel. I'm thinking an HBO movie. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I think so. But uh, but anyway, and there's dancing, and uh, and uh, so so I mean, there there's there's going to be some there. So even if uh, even if that does happen, which I don't think it's going to, and and like I said, I, I here I feel stupid because here I am live on the radio, giving away a, uh, a very uh, you know it's like that guy on CNN that's up there you know talking about like how to build a bomb or something you know uh, you know I, I here I am uh, you know I'm live on the radio talking about. Uh, the way that you know somebody could well, actually. We are in Chicago, and wasn't it the Chicago Tribune that gave the Japanese all of our plans uh, uh, in World War Two? Wasn't you know what? That was before my Chicago? time. Oh, really? I didn't know. Well, I didn't... it was mine too. You know, I but but you know what? Even though that was clearly before my time, I am now canceling my subscription to the Chicago Tribune <laughs> as a result of that. I'm going to write them a letter. I'm going to be like, "What the heck were you what, thinking? What was that World War Two thing?" <laughs> but uh, anyway, Vanessa, you know what? I can honestly tell you, I I am truly. You know, obviously, I, I love America, and I and I'm and I love freedom. And as a radio host, I, I appreciate the fact that I can go on the radio and say pretty much whatever I want. And uh, and I wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for people like the Seals. So, what's what's that website again? It's Dancing with the Seals, and that's S E A L S dot com. Vanessa, thank you, and we will see you at Dancing with the Seals in uh, in February. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on. You got it. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. The Kelly Truth Squad, your alternative resistance news source. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and this is my favorite segment. It's the Talk of the Town segment. In fact, if you were watching uh, Kelly Truth Squad TV, which you will be very, very soon, uh, the uh, Kelly Truth Squad uh, television uh, uh, show, that is, you, you, the uh, Talk of the Town uh, logo would just like uh, be s- like smack right in the middle of the TV set. It would like, almost like it slapped you in the face. But, uh, but uh, that's something to look forward to. Because I, like, I always <laughs> like a good slap. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and speaking of that, um, we've got uh, we've got a great uh, person uh, that uh, you know who does a lot of good, amazing, good work, and she does it uh, while having fun and 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 helping other people to have fun and um, and uh, raise money for charities and uh, and uh, help uh, businesses, local businesses also stay in business in this economy and, and make money themselves. So it's a, it's a phenomenal business model. If I, if I had an award, that's, if, I, if I could give an award to somebody, I, I would give it to our, our next guest. Hey, Kim, are you there? I am. That's quite an introduction. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen. Um, I'm really excited uh, to have uh, to, to have you on the show. Uh, you know what? You can explain. You can uh, explain your your um, organization better than I can. Please, you know, just tell us uh, what it is and um, and what and when your next event is. More more importantly. <laughs> Great. Well, just to clarify, I'm one of a group of seven founding hosts. Wow. And um, we created a, a just. Uh, we socialize together. We have um, a variety of different peer groups, and we all are very socially conscious young professionals. And um, we decided to form Stimulus Social Club, which is basically a network of socially conscious professionals in the Chicago area who enjoy going out but um, like kind of giving back to the community at the same time. So Perfect. we created a party, basically, where you make a small donation collected by um, our selected beneficiary for the month. 
and you come into a, a venue, a restaurant, or a nightlife facility in the city of Chicago, get a free drink and socialize and network, and everybody wins. That you know what that that is that is definitely a winner. What are some of the charities that uh, have benefited from this uh, this program already? Wow, we've had so many. We pick a different beneficiary every month, and we don't repeat. So we've had the Valentine Boys and Girls Center. Step Up Women's Network, Sit, Stay, Read, Girls on the Run, Gilda's Club, Rock for Kids. There's, there's so many out yes. there and so many more that we can't wait to help. So 501c3 organizations. Pardon? So like a 501c3 char- yes, charitable they, organization. Yes, they have to be 501c3 and it needs to locally impact. We're all about the Chicago community and making sure that the money um, stays and circulates within our own community. What, are some, uh, uh, what are some of the venues that, uh, that you've had events at? Gosh, we've done so many. Uh, our inaugural event was at Rocket. We've um, since then have been to uh, uh, Zella. We've been to the Wit Hotel in the rooftop area oh, yeah. and the ballroom, which is a great space. My favorite. Um, gosh, uh, there's been so many. I mean, you name the hot venue in town, <laughs> and, and we've, we have definitely hosted an event there. And here's my question, Kim. At this point, are venues contacting you? Yes. Ah, that, that's a we nice. Uh, that's nice to finally be uh, in a position where where they're contacting you instead of you calling them and and like uh, uh, trying to explain your life story to them. You know. Absolutely, they're actually very accommodating, and I think even the venues in town um, enjoy the the idea of just giving back to the community. Yes. Of course, they benefit off of having a great crowd in there. We average anywhere from. 300 on a slow Wednesday in the middle of winter, wow. um, all the way up to we've had almost a thousand people. That's so. a great turnout. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that. So you can only have venues now that uh, have a capacity of a thousand or more at this point. Oh, well, that would be great to say, but no, we, we keep it around 300 at the capacity, um, 300 or 400, depending on the season. You know how we Chicagoans love our rooftops, so we certainly get a way bigger turnout yes. um, when the sun is shining. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Sure, I think we could have a, a, a an event that big just to get my creditors there. <laughs> All the guys that I owe money to. It, it'd be a, you know, it'd be three, four hundred. <laughs> there you go. I won't be. Five hundred one c three. But uh, so so I guess here's the when is when is the next event? Our, our events take place on the first Wednesday of every month. So we actually have one coming up um, next month. It'll be on February first. Okay. And um, our beneficiary is actually uh, the Chicago Bears kicker, Robbie Gold Foundation, the Golden Touch. Yes. Um, and we're doing it at Quay, which is um, by Navy Pier on Illinois. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Robbie. I'm looking forward to, obviously, you know, seeing you and uh, and um, and Quay. Now, Quay is uh, a relatively new restaurant. I mean, they, they've been there for maybe about a year now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, beautiful inside, and it's, it's, you know, got that whole back area plus the entire restaurant, so they can definitely facilitate as many people as we bring in, so oh, sure. certainly spread the word. Yeah, when I was uh, doing a show, Upscale Chicago, a TV show on local yeah, Fox, WFLD yeah. TV, we did a lot of events at uh, that location when it was called Della Costa. I remember Della Costa. Yes, and yeah. uh, so um, they were. that was the place to go for margaritas and, and uh, just all kinds of great events. But uh, but so I, I'm really really looking forward to you know to coming out to Quay. Now what what's the website? How can people register? Well, we are very active on uh, Facebook under Stim Soch. You become friends with S T I M Soch S O C. But our website, which actually shows how much money we've raised, which is close to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars since our launch in April. Wow! Congratulations! Thank you so much. And the website is stimulussocialclub.com. So stimulus S T I M U L U S socialclub.com, and you can see where our upcoming events are going to be on there as well. So. 
We well, hope everybody will uh, join us in the fun. It really is fun. You don't even realize what good you're doing for the community because you're circulating with just fantastic people and great conversation and great environment. Yes, indeed, and and, uh, and and it is great, and it's great to be associated with it. And I'm I'm hoping that you'll be a, a regular guest on the show, and we'll certainly promote all of your events and all of your charities. Uh, I really appreciate uh, what you do, Kim. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate you helping us spread the word. Thank you so much. Look forward to speaking again. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. We are almost at an end, and it's been a very, very interesting uh, show. And I feel bad because all this time I didn't realize that Steve Dow was on hold. Um, he had called in uh, hoping to uh, last get on week. the show. He was, he was He's been week. on all week. He was on hold last week, and then he called in to, uh, be, uh, to participate in the show this week. And um, I'm, I promise we're going to get to Steve Dow next week, okay? Um, and, of course, we have uh, some big announcements, some big surprises that are coming, including uh, Kelly Truth Squad TV and how you can participate, okay? Um, you can come to a live taping of the Kelly Truth Squad and, um, and participate, actually be part of uh, the studio audience, which will have an opportunity to, uh, to interact with the, uh, with the guests. And, um, Does Warner get to wear his hat? Warner will, most definitely will wear his hat. And, and I might also wear a hat. Um, but now, Warner, hats are us, man. Now, uh, Johnny Depp is that is that considered a fedora that he wears? Or yeah, that, that, that one. It's a it's a fedora, but it, it's a little beat up. It's kind of floppy. It's, oh. it's not holding its shape as well as it might. So it's not. Uh, and it's got some holes in it up on top. You, if you'll recall, uh, you okay. guys can Google that back home and see pictures. And you'll see right there at the peak, it's got a couple of holes. But sure, he's sure. a big hat guy too. I mean, uh, from from uh, from what I read, he's got hundreds of them. He's got right? two whole rooms in one of his house is filled with hats and his current girlfriend i hear is not too happy with that uh, she's told him no more hats well i have two whole Sounds rooms like my wife. and um and uh and a few hats so uh, so, uh, so johnny depp and i have a few things in common but um but here's other the than a roguish good look ah right? there you go okay <laughs> but um but yeah we've uh we will definitely um you know keep uh checking kellytruthsquad.com to find out about how you can participate in uh, KTS TV, I guess to, for short, um, is what it's going to be, and um, it's going to be something completely different from what people are expecting and what people have seen uh, on television. Um, you know, we've had an opportunity to really sit down with some of the industry's top leaders, uh, visionaries. Um, um, you know, people who have won legacy awards. Okay, which I you know found to be quite. I guess curious because not uh, none of them. I mean, yes, they might be visionary uh, TV producers with a resume of uh, TV credits that uh, would be a success in anybody's book. Um, great humanitarians, uh, people who obviously are good-natured, fun to be around people. But legacy awards. I mean, uh, none of these people had particularly, um, I, I would say, outstanding likes. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. That was a long that, way to go for that joke. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very long walk. But, uh, long walk yeah. for that joke. Yeah, but they, uh, <laughs> they, they but uh, at any rate, um, I'm, I'm definitely, that, I guess that's where all my time and energy is kind of focused right now on uh, getting that show on the air. And, um, and shorter walks to jokes. W and shorter walks to jokes. <laughs> thank you very, very much. 
Um, you know, and, and we're definitely going to be, you know, the, the, this next couple of weeks is really going to be uh, kind of a, a, you know, a breakthrough for the Truth Squad. And um, it has been, you know, kind of a long time coming, but, uh, you know, but I think that that's, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to have success, you know, in, uh, you know, in television, not, you know, not to have it handed to you on a silver platter because then you don't fully understand or appreciate it. Um, some of the other issues that you think are going to be, are going to play f- uh, prominently in the, uh, in, the, in the presidential election or, you know, these, uh, state, some of these statewide uh, races around the country? Well, I mean, you know, certainly we have uh, issues of, of the economy. I mean, really, as I said before, jobs, 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 that's the big thing. And is this economy really going to come back? Uh, yes. If it does come back enough, does it benefit uh, Barack Obama? If it doesn't come back enough, is it a detriment to Barack Obama? That's really yeah. what it comes down to. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, do you think that anybody could actually be looking at Barack Obama right now and thinking, yes, this guy's doing a great job? Oh, of course. There's, really? There's plenty of people that... Uh, because, you know, here's the interesting thing is I've talked to some very, very, very liberal people, and mm-hmm. they seem to be— Well, now, that's a good point because the yes. real far left, mm. the very, very, very liberal, yeah. <laughs> they do not like Barack Obama they, because they don't feel he's gone far enough to the left for them. Huh. And, um, and you know, so that, that seems to be maybe where there is some, you know, some obvious weakness. You know, the question is, will there be a Republican candidate who can appeal to those people and bring them over? Do you think Newt can do that? That's a good question, and a lot of people are saying no. I mean, we've seen we've seen some of Newt's longstanding associates over the years, and a lot of them this week have come out just swinging at him really? uh, and saying that uh, Newt can't bring uh, the middle. Uh, a lot of polls have said that uh, Newt scares people more than Mitt does and more than Obama even in, in many cases in many of these polls. Huh. So that's a question. But as we were saying earlier, I mean, Newt has a million lives in politics. Right. And, and these polls and all of these uh, experts – uh, we can't necessarily take everything they say, but with a grain of salt. Exactly right. And, we'll, and we will definitely be back uh, with uh, another chance to, uh, to do a show next week. I want to thank you, uh, Warner and Maureen, for being here. I apologize to Steve Dahl. I don't know how that happened. Um, but, uh, but we'll try to get to you next week. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we, we will be back with more Truth Squad next week because it is never too early to start tainting the jury pool.